Athletics for Life podcast. This is a show uh, where we're trying to promote education-based athletics. Uh, and in today's show, uh, we're going to be looking at the kettlebell uh, and talking to someone who specializes in kettlebells. Jeff? Yeah, we're very pumped about this episode because uh, we're all about life skills, right, that sports give you. But Kettlebell is something new, something, well, it's not new, it's been there a long time, but it's getting more known now, and we have a very special guest on our podcast. We will, we will int- introduce him, and uh, we got Brad Jones on the podcast. He's a strong first director of education and a master kettlebell trainer. Brad Jones is a certified athletic trainer and strength and conditioning specialist based in Pittsburgh. Uh, Mr. Jones holds a Bachelor of Science in Sport Medicine from High Point University, a Master of Science in Rehabilitative Sciences from Carleon University of Pennsylvania, and he's a Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist from the NSCA, which is the biggest strength and conditioning uh, organization in the U.S. Uh, Brett is currently the Director of Education for Strong First and Presenter and Advisory Board Member for Functional Movement Systems. With over 25 years of experience, Brett has sought out to consult with professional teams and athletes, as well as present through the United States and internationally. Uh, As an athletic trainer who has also transitioned into the fitness industry, he has taught kettlebell techniques and principles since 2003, so over 17 years of experience. Uh, Brett continues to evolve his approach to training and teaching and is passionate about improving the quality of education for the fitness industry. Uh, And it's it's really going to be a great interview with Brett. I'm excited. I know I use my kettlebell sometimes. Got it's not quite as big as Jeff's. Uh, you know, it'd be <laughs> great to get some more information for myself and for for the athletes. Yeah, and 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 Brett works for Strong First. Um, if you go online, strongfirst.com. Strong First is the school of strength. Um, they teach men, women, students uh, to reach high level of strength uh, quickly, safely and without interfering with their duty, job, or sport. So it's all about those life skills and training for life. A quote from Professor Leonid Matiev, strength is the foundation for developing the rest of physical qualities. Uh, So it's within that strength that uh, we can develop the rest of ourselves, especially with sport, like the athletes that we work with, Jeff. Yeah, and, and we're really looking into uh, talking with Brett about the application of kettlebells um, for, our, for our programs, why multi-sport athletes should incorporate kettlebell training. Uh, also, uh, a lot of these gyms are very old school, CD, that the gyms that we have at our schools, you know, it's always the bench press, it's the isolation movements. And um, the kettlebell is just a new training tool which could really help our athletes. Almost definitely. I think it'd be a great thing to implement. And uh, as far as from getting equipment, it's just one piece of equipment rather than a bunch, you know. Yeah, and exactly in these in this quarantine time, and uh, you know, when people cannot go to gyms, and it's so simple to do. Um, I know you've been doing a lot of kettlebells, CD. I've been incorporating kettlebells in my routines. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's it's fast. It's safe. It's it, you know, you can do it at home. You can do it anywhere. I can drive anywhere, bring it, bring a kettlebell and get a good workout in. And uh, I think our athletes, also coaches, athletic directors will really enjoy this podcast with Brett. And uh, we go over to Brett and enjoy our podcast.
We have Mr. Brad Jones on our podcast today. Um, we will introduce ourselves uh, to you, Mr. Jones, and then you can introduce yourself uh, briefly, and then we get into it. Uh, we're very excited. Um, this is the Athletics for Life podcast. Uh, my name is Jeff Copes, and uh, I am the athletics director at the International School of Ulaanbaatar in Mongolia. Um, and my co-host, C.D. Johnson. C.D. I'm C.D. I'm C.D. Johnson. I'm the athletic director and science teacher and year seven maths teacher at the British School of Ulaanbaatar. Um, been in Mongolia for quite a while working with sport. Uh, Jeff and I started this show. Our goal is to kind of spread the the message of education-based athletics or using athletics as a tool to uh, to learn a lot of those lessons that you can't really learn anywhere else. Um, and so that's kind of what uh, we're trying to do with this show, and we're excited to have you on. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Brett? Absolutely. So um, what can I say about me? Uh, let's see. I've been, uh, I have a background as an athletic trainer, so a Bachelor of, uh, bachelor of Science Sports Medicine Athletic Training, uh, Master's in Rehabilitative Sciences, which is actually drug and alcohol rehab which is a little interesting tie-in with behavioral change and things of that nature for, uh, for fitness folks. And um, took, my, uh, took my first job at a, a small military academy in uh, the metropolis of Chatham, Virginia, uh, which just so happened to be Gray Cook's hometown. And so I ended up working with Gray Cook in my, my training room and his clinics for a couple of years, and then moved up into Pennsylvania, uh, went to the second ever uh, kettlebell certification that Pavel Satsulin taught in the United States in February of 02, and then started teaching with Pavel in April of 03. Um, also uh, on, and then hooked back up with Gray, and I've been teaching FMS and with functional movement systems uh, since 2006. So traveling and teaching with Pavel for the last uh, 17 years, uh, teaching with Gray for the last 14, uh, director of education for Strong First. And um, yeah, that's the that's the long story kept medium. Awesome, thank you so much, Brett. Yeah, I I remember I really got into kettlebells after seeing Pavel at the Joe Rogan Experience. Uh, I was already working with kettlebells, but he really changed my vision on that. And especially working with athletes at our schools, uh, our, our student athletes, uh, they play multiple sports throughout the year. Um, I think the kettlebell is a great tool for them to 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 implement into into their training. So that's why absolutely, we <laughs> absolutely. Can you talk a little bit about the strong first philosophy on training on um, the education of of athletes? Absolutely. So um, strong first, uh, we we like to say our mission is to pursue, promote, and practice strength because we believe strength has a greater purpose. And, you know, part of that is, is uh, this, um, you know, we, I, lots of different ways to talk about it, but uh, uh, men's sauna and corpore sauna, if you want to talk about sound mind, sound body, and, you know, things of that nature, that strength is an expression of uh, what's inside. And um, that takes many different forms, uh, whether we're talking about the dancer or the power lifter or the football player or the gymnast. You know, there's lots of different ways that strength is is uh, expressed, and uh, but there can be some similar ways in the way that strength is built. And so kettlebell training in particular provides some very unique benefits to uh, athletes and everybody else, uh, as, as a matter of fact. And part of that reason is 
I mean, it, it's a deceiving tool, right? It's a, it's a cannonball with a handle on it. And you look at it and you think, well, that's, you know, it's a cannonball with a handle on it. What, you know, what, what could be unique or, you know, uh, special about this? But actually that design, that thick handle offset center of gravity really makes it a unique tool. Um, and, and one of the biggest things is this unique loaded eccentric position that we can get into in the, in the swing, clean, snatch, uh, things of that nature. And that unique uh, loaded eccentric, uh, I, I like to, as, as awesome as the barbell lifts are and Olympic lifts are, I like to joke, you can't swing a barbell between your legs. Uh, well, more than once. And then you're going to decide yeah, that was yeah. a really bad idea. I don't, I don't think I should do that anymore. Yeah. And so what the kettlebell allows us this opportunity to get into this loaded eccentric position. And I've been on a force plate uh, with just doing a two arm swing with a 24 kilo bell and producing upwards of three and a half times my body weight eccentric load uh, in that uh, hinge position. That's a great return on investment for moving around a 53 pound weight yet to get three and a half times my body weight load in that loaded eccentric position. And so that really, um, that's a unique thing. Uh, and if we boil down athletics to our ability to absorb and redirect force, that's what we're doing in the kettlebell swing, clean, snatch, uh, jerk, um, all of those things. And then that offset center of mass really, uh, up to a certain point, it will guide you into better positions. If we're talking about a military press and getting into overhead positions, that offset center of mass will literally guide you into better positions. Then you reach a point where that offset center of mass is far enough away that it becomes a great challenge and really produces some unique loading and some unique strengthening. No, that's great. You you definitely hit on my next question. <clears throat> Just getting into the benefits of kettlebells specifically for athletics. Um, what uh, have you trained any high school level athletes with kettlebells? Have you noticed anything um, with kind of younger kids uh, or kind of kids in general, teenagers with kettlebells? Absolutely, absolutely. So, and and you know, go a couple different directions there because. You know, when, when you're talking about training youth in particular and when they're in those growing phases and, mm -hmm. you know, you you say goodnight uh, the, the day before and they come back and they're two inches taller, you know, the next morning, um, mm -hmm. you know, that that provides some unique challenges. Uh, and you get kind of the, the the baby giraffe syndrome where, you know, all of a sudden, you know, they grow you know two inches over a couple of months and they've lost kind of some proprioceptive and, and kinesthetic control. And so being able to have a system of training in place that kind of constantly reorients them with controlling their body uh, so that when they're in those growth phases, they're constantly learning how to adapt uh, to the, all of that new structure that's being built. And so an exercise like the getup allows, as Gray would describe it, it's alignment with integrity under load. And so constantly learning how to align your structure so that the weight settles through you to the ground uh, and coordinate your structure around that load really helps with some of those um, awkwardness of, of the, some of those growing phases. And then we have great just basic strengthening 
exercises like the get up, the press, the, the front squat. And then we get into the ballistics again. And now we're training power in a really safe uh, manner that has a really steep learning curve. I can take somebody from zero to swings in a really short period of time where I might be going from, you know, learning how to coordinate a barbell deadlift to knowing really how to perform uh, a barbell clean, uh, not uh, power clean, but, you know, the full squat clean, that can be a journey. Like that can be a long time. Yeah. Very long time. But I can put you on that ramp with a kettlebell very quickly. And so I think for, for power production, for uh, the learning curve, uh, things of that nature, it really uh, turns out to be great for, for uh, youth. Um, and across, I've, I've had, uh, I taught classes at one of the first kettlebell studios in the nation out in uh, San Diego, California, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, just don't let the baby face fool you. Um, but uh, um, I would have, you know, 75, 80 year old grandmother doing deadlifts, standing beside a 24 year old surfer uh, doing heavy kettlebell swings and everybody's in the same class and having fun. And so it really does span, uh, span the generations. Yeah. We should definitely get you over here into uh, to Mongolia, Brett. Uh, you will, you would love it over here. I, I, I was blown away when, when I started looking into it and I'm like, that Mongolia, that's just got to be part of the web address. That can't, they, they're not actually in Mongolia. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh my gosh, they're actually in Mongolia. So it's, yeah. it's fascinating. I, I would, uh, you know, once in post COVID times, uh, maybe that's a possibility. I'd love to have that chance. Most what, I, what, what I really love about the kettlebell is there's a, there's a great article on, on the Strong First website about the what the hell effect and, you know, doing, 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 doing the swings and just doing those basic exercises. I can, my, my, my running is getting better and I can walk up to a deadlift and just pull the same way that I did before without almost no, no, no practice. Um, can you a little bit? Can you tell a little bit about what about that? What the hell effect? Uh, and then specifically towards athletics for our kids. And, and you know, it was interesting because early on, and and so I, I go back into two thousand one, two thousand two with swinging bells, and uh, I've been a part of some online forums and, and kettlebell discussion groups since two thousand two. And early on, we just started getting this. You know, I've been working on my swings, but my pull ups went up. And I've been working on my presses, but like this other lift that has nothing to do with that went up. And to your point, my running got better. You know, all of these things that were kind of not related to what you were doing with the kettlebell, they start to improve. And I know of one special operator uh, who was on, uh, he was in a remote location uh, with just himself and a uh, 24 kilo bell. And he was doing kind of the rite of passage program that Pavel has. And he came back uh, into the States and his bench had gone up, his pull-ups had gone up, his, you know, all of these things that he had not been working on got better. And again, it's that unique loaded eccentric position. It's the way the kettlebell is more alive in your hands. And that gets back to that offset center of mass. Uh, When you pick up a dumbbell, when you pick up a barbell, that center of mass is going to be right with your hand. Whereas with the kettlebell, it can be six, eight inches beyond your hand, rotating and moving into different positions. And so you end up getting loaded from all of these different vectors 
that really just has this tremendous carryover and not to belabor the point, but that unique loaded eccentric position, there's, there's, there's a lot of magic there. Yeah, this is, uh, <clears throat> uh, one of the things that we like to, uh, promote on our show is uh, multi-sport athletes and kind of that carryover from one sport to the next. And, uh, I think with kettlebells, you definitely see that, right. Uh, just how training with something like a kettlebell would help you in volleyball, would help you in football, would help you in swimming. Um, kind of like Absolutely. just training, training those different systems. Definitely. And I, and I think that uh, when we talk about training athletes and, and this, this turns out to be, you know, a very common question is, well, what's your, what's your routine for volleyball players? What's your routine for basketball players? What's your routine for, for whatever the sport is. And, you know, there's obviously within that sport, there's so much time that you need to have dedicated towards skill acquisition and practice in that sport. And, and you have to remember that there's, there's a training effect and an impact from that. And one of the studies that I can, I can think back to many years ago is they were looking at the vertical leaps of uh, female volleyball players versus female basketball players. And female volleyball players had uh, a much higher vertical leap, uh, whereas female basketball players did not have as, as high a vertical leap. And the reason turns out to be volleyball, because the net is attainable and you can spike and do things in, uh, within that sport, you spend more time jumping. Uh, since mm -hmm. the net is unachievable and you just have to get high enough to get a rebound, you actually spend less time jumping within uh, the, the basketball uh, activities. And so, you know, just, just that training, that training effect and difference from the sport leads to overall higher vertical leaps uh, with, within that sport. So you don't so much need a sport specific uh, training routine, especially with youth. Uh, youth are going to respond. <laughs> I wish I was, I, I wish I was 18 to, to 24 years old. Again, I wasted a lot of time that could have been very productive. Uh, but with that age range where you're, you're talking about that adolescent, uh, hormonal system, that's going to respond to the training that you put them under. Um, you can be a generalist in your strength conditioning program. You want to be a specialist in your sport. And, and optimize that sport practice time. So leaving the, the, the general strength conditioning program as a general thing, and to your point about carryover, if I can do one thing and get three things to come along with it, I don't need to do the three other things. Like I, I'm just more time efficient. I can put more volume and work into that one thing that's getting me the three things. And so that's, um, and, and, you know, uh, with the proliferation of information, and, and the ability to access it, everybody can pull down the latest, greatest training routine of whatever sports hero, you know, is, is, is in their sport. And that is usually a recipe for uh, disaster. Yeah. Yeah. Brett, you see that a lot. And we work in the international school circuit, right? They have these beautiful facilities. Uh, you know, they get techno gym in to make a whole new fitness, fitness center. And they have everything. And then the kids walk in and they have no clue what to do. You know, they go to, and this is, an, again, a beautiful clip from the Joe Rogan experience where Pavel talks about getting better at the leg extension. There's not a bang for your buck, right? So how would you 
what would you tell these international schools, these big, beautiful schools about how to implement kettlebells in their strength and conditioning programs? How can they start? So uh, easiest thing to do. And, and so most anything you can do with a dumbbell, you can do with a kettlebell. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot you do with a kettlebell that is not the same with a dumbbell. And so if, if I was uh, holding the purse strings and I was determining purchasing, I would want one thing that got me two or three things. And so I would look at kettlebells as a very uh, easy to implement tool because I can use them for so many other things. Um, so, and that this can be one of the hurdles as you bring something new in, uh, people don't know quite what to do with it. So when I would work with new people, I would typically make sure that I was using the kettlebell in very familiar exercises, one arm rows, single leg deadlift, farmer's carry, you know, all of these things that are, uh, obviously we can do any of those with a dumbbell. So you just swap it out. It's just, you know, you get the kettlebell involved, uh, in those exercises and then you start introducing things like the, the kettlebell deadlift into the swing. And so now it's not some new foreign, you know, object. They've been using it. It's they, they, they do it for their farmer's carries. They do it for this. They do it for that. And so now you ask them to do something which is pretty unique, like the swing. And it's, it's, it's more easily adapted into. Um, that's if you want to tiptoe. If you, if you don't want to tiptoe, then you're going to implement kettlebell training into um, it can be part of your strength training routine with things like the get up, the military press, the front squat and double bell front squat is very unique. Uh, we had a uh, famous, uh, very successful power lifter uh, who had a squat of over a thousand pounds at the time, but two forty kilo kettlebells were enough for him on his uh, uh, double kettlebell front squat. So again, that's a huge return on investment to where the actual load I'm carrying is way less than a grand, <laughs> but yeah. it, it has this great carryover and great impact. So you get it into your strength practice, and then you use this as part of your, your power training and your conditioning, because as we manipulate different work rest ratios, we really accomplish some really uh, great conditioning but then again, now we've got the strength and conditioning coach has to be working with the uh, sport coach. Uh, what's that sport coach got planned for conditioning out on the field? If they're already running a bunch of sprints, I don't necessarily need to replicate that in, in the, uh, the gym. Mm-hmm. And so now I can manipulate my training uh, around uh, that conversation between sports coach and, and strength conditioning coach. I think I went all over the place there, but hopefully that there was an yeah, answer no. there. Because it's funny because I uh, I have to I, I make a budget for my school right and then uh, I go with this kettlebell and like this one is uh, 16 kilos and uh, it's about 60 dollars I think um, and then they're like yeah why would you pay 60 dollars for a, for a ball and and with, with a handle on it I'm like would you just invested a thousand dollars into an into a machine that doesn't even do anything for the kids so it's that that's very interesting sometimes so. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Budget conversations are always an interesting conversation. And, and like I said, if you can, if you can start uh, swapping out materials, so to speak, and, and one thing gets you three, that, that usually goes over better from a, from a budget perspective. And I, I really believe kettlebells are that, are that tool. Yeah. Um, what would you say for uh, students? Uh, you kind of mentioned how to start, but what are you've, I know you've mentioned them and I'm familiar with them. But just for anyone who's maybe new and not as familiar with kettlebells, 
what are some of the most important exercises for athletes and beginning athletes to get a get a handle of and get a grip on? Absolutely. What so um, four kettlebell exercises. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty traditional and pretty simple. Uh, I'm going to start you with swings and get-ups. And between those two things, I have something, and, and you guys have seen this in the, in the youth and, and people that you, uh, that you coach, and uh, especially we talked about those growth phases, uh, stability work becomes very important because they're constantly having to relearn how to control their body in space because it's continually expanding. Um, of course, in my case, that, that ended at a certain point. I ended up at a towering five, nine, but, uh, the, um, uh, the get up really is one of those great stability, uh, exercises, whether we're talking about the midsection, whether we're talking about the shoulder and coordinating, like I said, aligning the body under that load. Um, I think it teaches a lot. Um, it can be a little intimidating to look at at first, but if we just focus on the first couple of steps, we still get a lot of that great stability and midsection training uh, in there, but without having to coordinate the entire movement, we can build that over time. And then one of the most fundamental things we do, uh, whether we're talking about athletics in terms of a vertical leap or broad jump, uh, we want that great athletic hinge. That athletic hinge sets the foundation for so many other things that we're going to do uh, in our, not only in the gym, but on the field or court or whatever your uh, sport. Uh, so that athletic hinge is one that we really want to, to, to be good at. And the unique thing about the kettlebell, especially as I start you into something like a kettlebell deadlift, I can put my center of mass over top of the kettlebell center of mass. And the closer I align those two centers of mass, the safer it is, the more efficient it is. It's one of the challenging things about the barbell, right? You're never going to get it lined up with your center of mass if we're talking about a deadlift because the bar's in front of you and, well, your shins are in the way. And so the, the bar's always going to be out there a little bit. So, but now with the kettlebell, and I've got one behind me, I can start to demonstrate this and, and kind of show you some of the positions. But, um, you know, I get my centers of mass lined up and that starts me on a very safe journey to kind of mastering this athletic hinge. Then I turn that into a power drill and a swing, and I'm still trying to coordinate my two centers of mass. I'm trying to make sure that the center of mass of the bell is not pulling me out of position uh, at any point, and knowing how to reacquire that center of mass, absorb that force, and redirect it in a powerful manner. Did I just describe athletics? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Right? Yeah. At this point in the interview, Brett demonstrated some of the techniques for kettlebell, but since this is an audio podcast, we'll skip ahead to when our host, Jeff Copes, asked Brett more specifically about what's involved in the training and how students should start with their swings. So with the, uh, with the swing, uh, when, when our students want to start with it or our players, how many swings should, should, should they do? What kind of way should they start with? Um, can you tell us a little bit about that, how to start with sure. it? So I'm always going to start with the kettlebell deadlift. And so uh, that sets my foundation. That is my slow motion opportunity to perfect the hip hinge that I am then going to load in that ballistic and over speedy centric manner. So if I don't have a good foundation there, 
it's probably not going to get better under speed and load, right? So if I can't control it slowly and that, you know, from an athletic standpoint, we sometimes get into those conversations. Well, I don't want my athletes to do anything slow because then they'll be slow. And it's just not true. Um, you know, martial arts have been practicing katas uh, for a few thousand years and they're not slow, but they perfect the patterns in this slow motion kata uh, standpoint. And then they add speed and power to those established patterns. So having that great hinge, that great deadlift, that's step one. Mm. So if I want you swinging a 16 kilo bell, I want you confidently deadlifting for upwards of 10 reps, a 32 kilo bell. So if you can deadlift that 32 kilo bell for upwards of 10 reps, now I feel more confident having you come back to the 16 and perform five good swings. And that's as far as rep ranges and things like that go. I'm a huge fan. If we're talking ballistics, it's five to 10 reps in a set. If we're talking grinds or uh, strength activity like a military press or something like that, I'm five, maybe six reps and under. Oh, wow. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to stay very much. And that doesn't mean I'm lifting at 90 plus percent. It means that I'm choosing a weight that I could do seven or eight reps with but I stop at five. Yeah. And so the pull-ups yeah. are a great example of this because, you know, a lot of athletes will, will and, and pull-ups are another fantastic activity. Like you, you take something as simple as a good solid kettlebell routine and add some pull-ups because your ability to use your lats and connect your lats into most everything that you do really helps athletically. Um, lat becomes thoracolumbar fascia becomes glute. So just from a, the standpoint of running, being able to tie the lats in to creating that stable base for the glutes to be able to push the way they need to is incredibly important. So lats are a really important muscle. And we actually start incorporating that right away within our kettlebell deadlift. And so we'll, we'll talk about that here in a minute. But and then that made me lose my uh, train of thought there for a second. So I was I was on a roll and then I saw something shiny and then I went in that direction. So I'll, I'll come back in just a minute. But um, so, uh, yeah, we're going to keep that uh, rep range uh, five to ten on ballistics, five and under on grinds. And like I said, it doesn't mean I'm lifting at 90 percent. And when you look at some of the most successful training routines that have ever been implemented, uh, primarily the Russian Olympic lifting uh, programs, most of their training was centered around 70% one RM yeah. right, pull-ups. So let's say I have a max of eight pull-ups. So I go in the gym and I do my eight pull-ups max set. How many am I going to get on the second set? Three, maybe three, six four, five. Yeah, yeah. four or five. What am I going to get on the third set? Two. I normally go up in numbers, but no, not kidding. <laughs> you might be different, Jeff. Uh, but it, uh, you're, you're going to accumulate a very low volume. You know, there we've accumulated maybe 15 reps, right? Well, for that person, you're going to do a max set of eight. How many sets of three could you go in and do? Mm. How many sets of three or four could you go in and do? Like you could realistically get upwards of 10 sets of three or four reps with enough rest in between sets. Something else I'll talk about here in a minute. So I don't always have to push to the max 
in order to really get some great strengthening. And so working within that ballpark 70% effort range when we're talking about our grinds, not forever. We're going to visit the high end and we're going to visit underneath that as part of our warm up and things like that. But most of our work sets are going to be accomplished in the 70, 80% range. That allows me to accumulate volume. It allows me, it's heavy enough to get great skill. Uh, and it really moves me forward uh, in my strength practice. And just real quick on rest, rest is probably the most abused training variable in the world. We just don't want to rest. We want to do one set and the next and the next and the next. And we want the burn. We want that hard work. Um, when you look at elite sprinters, an elite sprinter will run, you know, a one sprint and then rest 15 minutes or more before they run another sprint. It's not one-to-one work-to-rest ratio, right? They're not running a sprint, resting 15 seconds, running another sprint. It's run a sprint, rest, recover, stretch, do some unrelated drills. 15 minutes later, you're ready to run your next sprint. And so I'm not saying wait 15 minutes between sets of kettlebell swings, but you want to rest long enough to be recovered. Yeah. And so that a diff, different mindset than most, especially young folks will bring to the gym because they want to go in, they want to get crushed, they want to work hard, they want that burn and that sweat. There's a better way to do it. So you would you would go from, from the deadlift to a swing and, and next to that, the swing, I always, and we have to talk about the get up because I think that's the best exercise. Actually, um, it, it humbles you. No, yes. I was I was a big bench pressure, and I was always about that EO lifting, right? Go to the gym, and just going on a get up is just it's humbling, and I think that's just a great exercise. Uh, and, and you were talking about the breaks in between sets. If I do my swings, I, I got a 32 kilos at home. I got two, the 70 pounders, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm getting I'm getting better now. But if I do the swings, right, I just I have to recover. I have to sit down because actually my my heart is pumping in my chest, <laughs> and I never had that before. So. One of the things we want to do between sets are kind of fast and loose drills where we're kind of shaking the body off. And so when we generate power and tension, we actually restrict blood flow. So we want to encourage that blood flow to come back into those areas that have had that tension. So fast and loose drills, kind of vibration and shaking drills. Uh, You want to rest long enough to be able to pass the talk test. Like right now, I'm able to converse with you in a pretty normal fashion, taking a little breath in between sentences and not having to pause during my sentences to catch my breath. So I'm ready for my next set. Mm. So that sort of metric where, and if you're honest about it, and I've made that mistake of pushing myself a little, oh yeah, I can pass the talk test. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. No, you're not. Rest long enough to be able to pass the talk test, then do your next set. Mm. And so that I, for years, I held myself to the clock very tightly where I would um, specific work rest ratios, right? I was going to do a set every Mm -hmm. so many seconds. My training is so much better now that I've freed myself from the clock and I allow myself time to rest. Mm-hmm. And so it makes a huge, huge difference. So, so would you say, Brett, for our athletes, uh, coaches, like a swing, a good swing, and like a deadlift, and then, and then a good swing, a get up, 
And then, like you say, pull-ups and push-ups, that's, that could be a really good base for our athletes to, uh, to work with, right? Definitely. And I, I would also throw in there something like the single leg deadlift uh, and the goblet squat. Okay. Uh, just to kind of round things out. Um, most of athletics is single legged. So being good at something like a single leg deadlift, uh, rear foot elevated uh, split squat, previously known as the Bulgarian split squat. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, those sort of single leg activities, very, very important. The goblet squat, just for opening up the hips and maintaining the squatting pattern, that symmetrical stance pattern, uh, as important as single leg work is, that symmetrical stance pattern is where we produce a lot of force, whether we're jumping uh, vertically or or ahead. Uh, It's where we absorb force, uh, whether we're talking about landing from a jump or taking on the load from another athlete. Uh, so that symmetrical stance uh, pattern is very important. So the goblet squat is something that I would certainly have in there. Most of our kids, uh, Brad, they, they they play all three sports. So our seasons are like volleyball and then we play basketball, soccer. We have a swimming program. I'm actually working with a student now, a Mongolian girl at a school. She's training to go to West Point to represent her country over there. Um, awesome. what, would you, what, what would you tell these kids to, to buy uh, kind of a kettlebell or what kind of weights, what, what kind of, how to start? So uh, this, this is like uh, Goldilocks, right? And that's, I know that's a fairy tale that doesn't exist in all countries, but uh, basically it's too hot, too cold, just right. Right. So we want, you do want to end up with a weight that can fit many roles. Mm-hmm. Now, she has the benefit of working with you, so you're going to be able to kind of work with her and find that weight. I will say that erring on the lighter side, as far as kettlebells are concerned, usually the better direction. If you go a little heavy, you're going to be fairly limited to kind of deadlifts, two-arm swings, uh, maybe some farmer's carries, something like that early on. So for most females, I'm going to say somewhere between the 12 and 16 kilo bell. Is going to be a good starting point for most guys or most males. You're going to be looking at somewhere between the 16 to 24 kilo as a good starting weight. Um, that bell that I've been using this morning is a 24 kilo bell. Uh, it's actually 19 years old <laughs> and uh, and sure. still looks in pretty good shape. So um, that uh, these are these can be basically forever pieces of equipment if they're quality bells. Um, another selling point for the, the people with the, the, the purse strings. Uh, but uh, <laughs> the, the uh, um, so yeah, I, th- that's my, that was my first bell and I'm still using it. Like that's, I probably train with 24 kilo bell uh, two to four days a week. Mm. Wow. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Um, man, as a science teacher, uh, we could just go on forever talking about center of mass and uh, uh, absorbing the force, redirecting the force. Uh, I love it. Um, but this interview has been great, Brett. Um, it definitely uh, ties in well with our our podcast and um, just uh, giving back to the kids, giving back to the athletes giving them tools to kind of reach their potential. 
Um, a quote that I always liked was uh, kind of characters, who you are when no one's looking. And with the shutdowns, coronavirus, everything, uh, I think working with a kettlebell is a great way to get an exercise in at home and get that training in at home for those kids who have that strong character, who want to stay in shape, who are, uh, um, are determined to do well when, uh, and, uh, when they have the ability to play sports and to get on the field again. Uh, so this, this has just been great. Um, and I think our kids will get a lot out of it. Awesome. Yeah. I, you know, one, one to three kettlebells, I have a hard time thinking what you can't accomplish. It's, it's a tremendous home training tool. Uh, it is, it is the, that, uh, that little piece of the puzzle that can really move somebody ahead when they're, when they're in, uh, uh, limited, uh, resources and, uh, and situations where you are forced to train at home. And that, again, that athletic hinge, that, uh, that eccentric, tremendous carryover to when you come back to everything else. Yeah, Brett, we will definitely uh, stay in contact because uh, there's loads of more to talk about. But where, if, if our students or coaches have more questions or they want to learn more about kettlebells, where can they find you? Or Strongfirst? Strong yeah, strongfirst.com is, uh, is the best place to go. Lots of articles and resources uh, on the site. Uh, I have several articles uh, on there, uh, actually like 58. But, uh, but who's counting? Who's counting? Uh, who's counting? Um, but uh, yeah, lots, lots of resources and information there. There's, we have a very active community forum where people can ask questions and get assistance. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, a, a, that's definitely a great resource. Uh, thanks a lot, Brett. This, is a, this has been a great talk. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much for the opportunity to be on, speak to you and your audience, and uh, look forward to future opportunities. We will. For sure. we will. Thank you so much, Brett. We wish you a very good day over there, and it's, it's time to go to bed for us. So uh, thank you so much for everything. <laughs> thank you. You guys have a great sleep, and uh, in, enjoy, the, uh, enjoy the rest and, and tomorrow. Yeah. Thank you so much. Bye-bye, awesome. Brett. Thank you. Oh, uh, yeah, we just interviewed uh, Brett Jones. Um, it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. He's he's so full of knowledge. Um, I feel like we could have probably talked for another couple hours. Yeah. Uh, just about, uh, you know, I, I almost felt a little selfish for <laughs> how much I was getting out of it with uh, Turkish get-ups. And just, I, I've picked up a few things how I can improve my swing technique. Um, so, uh, no, I think that's going to be great for our kids that are, are looking for something to do at home to stay in shape because they know uh, season's going to be just around the corner. Yeah, and, we, and, and you know, this, the, the kettlebells, they connect so well with the philosophy that, that, that we always preach, right? It's always about longevity, life skills. Uh, I always talk about the kids about, you know, dropping the ego, right? And that's, that's what kettlebells do. They, they lower your ego because they're so humbling and they're so tough to work with. Um, so, you know, if, if you want more information, we're going to put all the links in the description, uh, how to find Brad, how to find Strong First. And, uh, yeah, we would encourage every student athlete to get a, to get a kettlebell. Most definitely. Um, and for anyone else, uh, if you want to keep up with us, subscribe, uh, hit a like. Uh, so that way, as we have more guests like Brett uh, with great information, uh, you won't miss out. Yeah, that's it. Awesome. Bye-bye. Right. Great podcast, Jeff. Yeah.